Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Coven members, we have some important information for you regarding Georgia's upcoming Senate runoff election! So, you might be thinking, didn't we just have a really painful election? Mm -hmm. And haven't I already seen these people's names on a ballot and aren't we done yet? But Mm -hmm. no, there is an upcoming runoff election in the state of Georgia. It is incredibly important. So, what the heck is a runoff election? Under Georgia's laws, a Senate candidate needs to hit 50% of the vote in order to avoid a runoff. So, in the election in November, neither of the state's current Republican senators, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, reached that cutoff, meaning both contests will go to a runoff election on January 5th. 2021. Mm -hmm. And these two races will decide control of the Senate for the first two years of President-elect Joe Biden's first term. But here is the key. Democrats need to win both races in Georgia Mm -hmm. in order to control the Senate. Okay? Mm -hmm. So many important pieces of legislation hinge on these races. Protecting the Affordable Care Act, protecting folks with pre-existing conditions, helping folks financially and also medically during this pandemic, dealing with student loan debt, basically anything on Joe Biden's agenda that you support, any kind of progressive idea whatsoever. Yeah, we need to win these two Senate runoff elections in Georgia in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So... If you listened to our Pandemic Problems episode, you will remember my case revolved around Senators David Perdue and Kelly Leffler and 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 their suspected insider trading for which they've been investigated. Kelly Leffler was insider trading Barbie. Her husband is the CEO of the company that owns the New York Stock Exchange. She has a background in stock trading Mm -hmm. and she got classified coronavirus briefings back in January and then instead of warning her constituents about the very real threat of the coronavirus and COVID-19 she decided to sell off all her stocks to make money and invest in stock that she knew would also skyrocket yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so that's the kind of craven person that is currently representing the state of Georgia Mm-hmm. Purdue, no better. He did similar stuff around stocks. He also has repeatedly voted against protecting people with pre-existing conditions and then lied about it. Mm-hmm. Both Leffler and Purdue have downplayed the threat of coronavirus and endangered the lives of millions of Georgians. They're bad news, people. They're bad. Mm-hmm. They're not great. So their opponents on the Democratic side are John Ossoff, who is an investigative journalist who has fought tirelessly against corruption, and the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is a pastor at Dr. Martin Luther King's former church, and he has also done a lot of work for Medicare and the ACA. So 
mm-hmm. very good options there. Should mm-hmm. these two be elected, they have both committed to co-sponsoring and voting in favor of the Equality Act, which is a crucial federal piece of legislation that would finally guarantee explicit protections for LGBTQ people under our nation's existing civil rights law because that doesn't currently exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their opponents are both anti-LGBTQ extremists who will, will undermine the rights and well-being of that community. It is crucial to do everything we can to ensure that Ossoff and Warnock win their races. That cannot be overstated. So for mm-hmm. Georgia voters, here are some key dates to remember. December 7th, voter registration deadline to vote in the federal runoff election. You must be registered by December 7th. Mm -hmm. Then on December 14th, advanced in-person or early voting begins. So you can vote as early as December 14th. Get your vote in when you can. Highly recommend that. As we've mentioned, January 5th, 2021 is runoff election day. Big day. As a side note, huge, huge. As a side note, if you will turn 18 by January 5th, 2021, then you can register right now to vote in this election. But crucial, check your registration status because Republican politicians have purged voter rolls in recent years. So you need to double check that you are still registered or you can find out how to register at Georgia.gov. Make sure you do mm-hmm. that. So important. And you don't need to live in Georgia to get involved. You can join us, us gals, in the fight to flip the Senate by donating and volunteering with Fair Fight, which works to promote fair elections in Georgia and around the country, encourage voter participation in elections, and educate voters about elections and their voting rights. And of course, you've probably heard of Fair Fight before because it's founded by national treasure Stacey Abrams. And you can find out more at fairfight.com. So get out there and let's flip the Senate. Let's do do it. it. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yup. (laughs) Yes. Yup. And because it's our 200th episode. My God. I'm going to remember to say I'm Kenyon. (laughs) I am Lucy. I'm Amanda. I'm adjusting. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> She's fine. I'm losing the will to live. Uh, it's our 200th episode. Holy shit. Regular yeah. main episode. Yeah. Thursday release episode. I'm too scared to count how many actual episodes, episodes there have no. been. Including I... drunk dives and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we're probably at like... Bonuses. More than that. Regular episodes. Gak, drunk dives, bonus episodes. I'd say we're close to 300. I think that's accurate. 275. Not quite, but okay. So, minimum (laughs) 480,000 episodes. 69,000. Isn't it funny how 200 can feel like 2 million? When you're working with people you love so much. Yeah. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. If you work doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's a lie. <laughs> and if people you work for yourself that. with friends, you'll work 
constantly every day of your life <laughs> a lady called me today because we're having painting done and she was like hey is now a good time are you in the middle of something and i was just like always i, I don't know how to answer that it's never a good time and i'm always in the middle of something <laughs> a lady I work on the toilet people uh, a lady had named an long phone call with our accountant today i was in the bath yep yeah a lady named my mom every time she calls in the middle of the day she's like Hi, are you in the middle of something or can you chat? And I was like, uh, I'm I'm always in the yes middle of something. Yes, and. I uh, guess, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. We're, we're not thriving. complaining. We're just venting because it's our 200th episode therapy session. We're thriving. Truly. We have a very special gals pick for you this week because mm. we wanted to treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the topic... Very fittingly, uh, is moonshine crimes. Yeah. Keep moonin'. Yeah. Keep shining. What kind no of moon you can is always count on me. For sure. Oh, That's okay. what moonshine's for. The what good are you saying? I don't know. I don't recognize that song. Is that what the moon shines for? That's what friends are for. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what's dear God? Okay. I need to drink to erase that from my memory. <laughs> the good times, the bad times. Next. Next. <laughs> um, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for moonshine crimes? Well, it's not wine. It's moonshine. Ooh, moonshine and crime. We're drinking Woo! moonshine and crime. And we are featuring today something from our little friends at... Sip shine. Oh yeah. These if you're watching uh on Patreon, there are these very cute little cans of little moonshine. Petite. They come in all these fun little flavors. I am currently about to open the raspberry shineade. So am I. <gasps> I'm it's already open. That one. It's good. The Arnold the sh- Palmer one is really good too, though. I have the Arnold Palmer and I have the shineberry sweet tea. Mm. I finished Ooh, all the I shine berries. Try the sweet tea. It's good. So two out of the three of us are drinking the Raspberry Shineade. It's got raspberry. It's got black cherry. It's got muscadine. I don't know what that is, but I love it. Strawberry. Mm-hmm. Um, the liquid inside this glorious container is a crystal clear pink complexion. I will pour some out in this Do it. glass Show it so off. you can see it. Oh, my the, God. The nose is full of berries and sweetness. It's got a hint of lemon. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. It's like a rosé. Yeah. Oh, cutie. God bless. Cutie. Oh, I bet this would be really good topped with champagne, actually. Yeah. Yes, do it. it. Whoa. Oh, get it, girl. Why do you have that fancy fucking bottle of champagne? Because it's our 200th episode. How treat, dare you? Treat yourself. <laughs> I love it. I want to know what this sip shine mimosa tastes like if you try it. So the mouthfeel, it is slightly syrupy. That's kind of an earmark of these like sweeter moonshines, but it's very pleasant. It's lush. It's soft. It's full. And the berry blast continues on the palate. It's crisp with hints of sweet lemonade mixed in on the backside. And the shine goes great by itself on a hot day over some ice. Or you can add a splash of orange juice for your like own sex on the beach. Oh, that would be really good with this raspberry. Really, really good. I'm going to do mine over... Ice, which has partially melted, so I have to drink the water out of there. And then I'm going to top it with a little bit of pomegranate sparkling water. <gasps> yeah. I've, add, a little I've added sparkling water to it as mm-hmm. well, and it's mm. real good. 
Mm-hmm. So this stuff does pack a punch. So proceed with caution. 20% ABV. Yeah. 40 proof. <laughs> All we'll packed get, in a we'll 200 milliliter it. can. <laughs> God bless it. And their website is so awesome. You can buy online at sipmoonshine.com. And on their website, they also have a store locator function. So you can see if it's available at a liquor store near you. But if it's not, it's all right. They ship. They ship it to you. You they buy it in little it. packs of four. And it's so fun. We love it. Sip, yeah. mm-hmm. sip shine. Big fans. 2019. Yeah. I think they're based out of Michigan. God bless them. Mm-hmm. I like the tiny little cans. They're yeah, so cute. It says something about the shores of, born on the shores of the Great Lakes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so on brand. So it's just, I mean... So good. Just so adorable. Cute. All right. Shall we crack this can? Yeah. I already cracked mine, but crack yours, right, mama. Oh. Ooh, nice. Nice. Crack. nice crack. Oh, she's strong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lot, you crack yours? I uh, will now. Crack. Oh. Oh. Cracking my sparkling. Double crack. Baby crack. Mm-hmm. Um, should I pop this champagne yes. so we can all laugh about me trying to pop champagne? Good Do Lord. it like you did Protect last time. Toward a window or your eye. To the window. To, to the your eye. eye. <laughs> Till I lose all my sight. <laughs> to the sweat drop down your brow. <laughs> to the blood drops down your face. <laughs> I forgot to bring a spoon down here to mix this. Sorry. So <laughs> stick my finger in there. Okay. Oh, I'm, Lordy. I'm removing COVID-19. the netting. I'm removing the netting. The I'm cage? holding the cage. Ooh. Netting. I'm holding this with you, a towel. You mm-hmm. got this. Oh! 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 <laughs> That's scary. Okay, y'all. Ray. This is That's scared, really so tasty with this sparkling. <laughs> nice pop. I'm here for this. episode, you get two cracks, you get a big pop. Oh. Nice. Nice. We're going crazy today. It's really packing a punch. Mm-hmm. Papping a punch. I said packing. I, I like papping. I punch. said papping. Oh, if you look. papped a punch, you should probably find a new general practitioner. Look at how yeah, pretty. Yeah, because I punched the last one. Ooh. Oh, I that's like. nice. All right. Well, cheers. Hey, cheers. cheers. I'm drinking out of my uh, plan ahead salt your dead glass. Mm. Just so. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's tasty. Mm-hmm. Big okay. fan. This might be my new flav. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fave Flav, the raspberry shinade. That is delish. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for moonshine crimes? Well, I'm going to level with you here. As you may recall, for our 100th episode, which I never anticipated we would get to, mm-hmm. I performed a song. Yes. <gasps> and so, yes. for our 200th episode. Yes. I shall perform another song. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh my god! How I'm so excited. do we get such an honor? Okay, God okay. forbid we have 300 episodes. That's all I'm gonna say. We uh, will. Well, we have to. I have a mortgage. Also, yeah. I have no shame at this point. So he- here we go. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, here we yes, go. Yes, fire up that background music, baby. There are worse things we could do than a hundred episodes or two. 
Even though the Facebook comments think we're trashy and no good, <laughs> I yes. suppose that could be true. Mm -hmm. But there are worse things we could do. Like what? We could flirt with Mike Boudet. Oh, no! <laughs> Smile for men like that's okay. Oh, <laughs> blame the victim, blame the dress. I'm sure the cops, they did their best. <laughs> it's status quo, it must be true. That's a thing we'd never do. Yes. We could hit the interstate. Interview and investigate. Oh my god, no, you're getting those notes. Get Solve it. a cold case just for fun. To say we're number one, <laughs> the Apple charts, they might agree. They don't. They don't. They definitely do not, but thank you. <laughs> we could fight a man, Christine. No. Oh, no, we won't. Over true crime royalty. <laughs> but we like them. So we won't, or will we add another host? It's exhausting, what can you do? We're not adding another host. No, absolutely not. But to quit now in front of you. That's the worst thing we could do. Never been so attracted to you. My screaming never scared my dog never who so. is trying to get out of this room. And that was exquisite. Oh my god. You need to lie down. You're not going I anywhere. Don't think anything will top seasons of blood, but that, that was really good. We've now done three songs for the people, for the folks back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what more you could possibly ask of us. That was incredible. Oh, my God. Well Just done. Just cements the fact that there are worse things we could be doing also, right now. Also, you can sing. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, fuck you're you. Quite How good. are you so talented? You're quite good. You should have known this when we were in sailing and we'd sing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody every day. I was, I was in choir so with this so loudly bitch. as good. to drown out your singing. <laughs> That's true. And when we sing in the car, I have to turn it up to drown out Kenyon singing. My so earth. I can't ever hear anything. Amanda <laughs> just turning up the volume. Every time. Well, Amanda's oh, sherry pretty much takes the Okay. sherry so. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'll try to do There Are Worse Things I Could Do sherry in person when we can karaoke again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I fucking love this. Like, this... So when I was trying to choose a song to, you know, mm -hmm. scrimp, bless us with. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I have like a list of karaoke appropriate songs. Your go-tos. That was at the top. Yeah, that's a it good was, one. It was, I was deciding between that and New York State of Mind, but mm. I can't compete with Barbara. No. 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 I thought Don't you were going to do Don't tell me not to live, just sit and pat up. I would do wet ass pussy, but I also like am not completely sure of the existing lyrics. So right. Right. that's a tough one to parody if you don't know the mm -hmm. actual song. Mm -hmm. 
However, we had our Poe family Christmas Zoom party last night, and I mm-hmm. completely forgot to make the joke, there's some Poe's in this house. There's some Poe's <laughs> in this house. house. <laughs> that would have been good. Well, you made it now. Yeah. It's worth it. It's yeah. good. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. That okay. was awesome. I'm having the best time already. This oh, is lovely. Good. Now you can see why I took two shots before we started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worth it. So if I get kind of drunk in the middle of this episode, sort of randomly, it's because I didn't time it out appropriately. We're prepared. That's our job. We're working. Okay, now for my segment, because that was not my segment. Moonshine is basically bootleg liquor, usually whiskey or rum. It can be vodka also, but this is just like by standard definitions of those specific spirits and like Mm. what they're made with. Mm. The term initially referred to, oh God, excuse me. There we go. Here they are. (laughs) The term initially referred to high proof. And by high proof, I mean high proof, like up to 150 proof. Uh, distilled spirits produced illicitly without government authorization or oversight, which is yeah. illegal in the United States and also in most countries around the world. Mm-hmm. The term comes from Britain, where it was used as a verb. So moonshining is any job or activity that was done late at night. Like, oh, suspicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could be like a poacher and mm-hmm. like a moonshiner. Or whatever. Yes, exactly. It would be, that would be like your moonshining job. It's like moonlighting. Uh-huh. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Globally, moonshine is made with indigenous ingredients reflecting the customs, tastes, and raw fermentation materials available in each region. Cool. In the United States, moonshine is also called Mountain Dew, Chop. Hooch, homebrew, rot gut, pop skull, panther's breath, firewater, bathtub gin, shiny, white lightning, white liquor, white whiskey, and mash liquor. Mountain Dew, huh? I almost covered this <laughs> in my segment, but there wasn't enough like information to make it a whole case. But in 2016, there were like a couple teenagers who died by drinking their own co- concoction they made called Dew Shine. That was like Mountain Dew moonshine. And oh, they no. died from like methanol p- poisoning oh, or whatever. Oh, no. we'll get to the various poisonings. Yep. Trust me. It's not good. Oh, no. Yeah. That's why not, you want the regulated real stuff like sip shine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can still get real fucked up, but it's mm-hmm. legal. But it is legal. And it's taxed, mm-hmm. which is the important part. Mm-hmm. So uh, just going back to the whole around the world thing, moonshine exists pretty much everywhere. In Afghanistan, they make zarbali out of fermented raisins. Mm. In Brazil, inmates in particular make what's called Maria Luca or Mm -hmm. Crazy Mary from cereal. But I think that's just like cereal as in like different grains, like whatever they have. And it can help with getting the sugar. I almost, I, I've read through so many different moonshine things trying to figure out what I want to focus on yeah. and like how they make Maria Loca in fucking Brazil in prison is bonks. Like it's the smuggling really process mm-hmm. is bonks because they and need I, pounds of sugar, yeah. pounds of it to yeah. make it mm-hmm. in but like they, a toilet. I, don't they make different kinds of like moonshine basically in like all prisons? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah. Moonshine is just illegal liquor. Mm -hmm. So whatever they're making in prisons to drink and get intoxicated by Mm -hmm. is technically moonshine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, In Canada, they make what's called screech, which is more like a rum because it has more sugar in it. 
that and Saved by the Bell guy starring in that one porn. Oh, Saved by the Smell. Saved by the Smell. That was the name of the porn? Yeah, it was so I fucking can't. gross. It's so fucking gross. In Costa Rica, it's called Chirite. Chirite? Mm. This is my favorite. In Hungary, it's called Hazipalinka. Well, definitely what I'm naming my first child. Hazipalinka. Hazipalinka. Nicaragua has kukusa made of corn and sugar. Norway has a really high taxation of alcohol, so what they call himcock. Oh. Okay. Is quite common and is also frequently mixed with coffee. Ooh, Ooh yummy. Now we're speaking my language. So they have like a like a tradition or like a long time ago they'd say if you if you pour like the most strong coffee brew, like Mm -hmm. super strong coffee, you have a mug and you put a, one of their, like whatever their currency was at the time, like a silver coin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this was like a long, long time Uh ago. Old Kroner. Old Kroner. Neo Kroner. (laughs) That doesn't work, but whatever. Uh, Some sort of silver coin in the bottom of the mug, fill it with the coffee and then fill it with enough um, moonshine or himcock that you can see the, the the silver coin again. So it's just a splash of coffee, basically. Yeah, uh, it's it's enough coffee so that the coin disappears, and At then first. you pour in the the himcock, and How then as soon as you can mug? see the coin again, like it, you know, dilutes it enough. Then that's like the mixture. Ish. Oh, I do not like this unit of measurement I'm at this. all. It's this is gonna be our new awful. holiday tradition: making no. Norwegian moonshine, himcock, himcock. It's one of the world's fifty best bars. Himcock. Cool. Yeah, named. Is after it a bar so. in Norway? Weird. Yeah. Near the Kulturhus. Ooh, I love Kulturhus. In Panama. Chicha fuerte is often mixed with car battery acid or other toxic chemicals to make it more potent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that Panamanians uh, use like gross stuff to enhance their liquor. But, like this is everyone just, like, does. Everybody mm-hmm. does. So this is just one detail that I was like, Ugh, oh, yeah. Gross. yeah. And in Russia, the most Russian thing I could ever think of, <laughs> what they call samogon, samogon. Is popu- is more popular than vodka in Russia. There's something more popular than vodka in Russia, and it's not Korpstal. It's basically <laughs> moonshine vodka. Wow. And this can be made with sugar added to beets, bread, or potatoes. There's no wrong way to make a potato. I am just going to put a bucket of sugar and water in my pantry and then throw whatever rotting vegetables and Compost grains it. I have. It would make work. Yourself See what happens. It would work. I you can make moonshine out of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, taking it back to the U.S. Home distillation is illegal, but it continues to be practiced mainly in Appalachia. 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 Mm-hmm. A typical moonshine still can produce around 1,000 gallons per week and net about $6,000 per week. So well, it's really lucrative. We're in the wrong lucrative. business. Right? A moonshiner uh, makes the hooch and a bootlegger moves it and sells it. So if you're, the, the, this is what these That's terms are. Or sometimes both. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap. Lot of Definitely. All of my cases overlap. 
Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rum runner, by the way, is a bootlegger who smuggles their goods by boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not exclusively rum. But just uh, any no. alcohol on a evading authorities by boat. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it was called rum runner originally. I'm guessing because it was a lot between like the US and like Cuba, for example. Mm-hmm. Or a lot those of rum. Caribbean. Caribbean, lots of sugar cane production, mm-hmm. lots of rum, therefore. Mm-hmm. Bootleggers are called such because they used to conceal the moonshine in their tall riding boots. So these boots went up to like the mid thigh. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we in your bootleg. We also talked in the NASCAR episode, which was our live show in Charleston last NASCAR! summer. NASCAR! NASCAR! <laughs> I'm still scarred. I'm still NASCAR in that episode. <laughs> People <laughs> yelled NASCAR. Every time every Kenyon time. said NASCAR, it was a drinking game. yelled NASCAR, and it was incredible, and Kenyon hated it. So much. I so Lucy it. and I and kept taking people on. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was good. Okay, so we talked in that episode at that live show about how NASCAR came to be because of bootleggers tweaking their cars to outrun the cops during Prohibition. Yep. Darn tootin'. So really, NASCAR is only around because of moonshine. And mm. is You're welcome. the American pastime. Sorry, yeah, baseball. Fuck you, baseball. American. Not American. American. Just American. American. It's the American pastime. American pastime. <laughs> so apparently, according to the one of the articles that I referenced for this episode, a How Stuff Works article, the very first winner of a NASCAR race you had used the same vehicle to make a bootleg run a week earlier. <laughs> that tested out. Dry <laughs> run. Yeah. Well, dry. Wet, wet run. <laughs> that was a she wet was run. race ready. <laughs> so obviously making moonshine oneself is illegal in the United States, but also for pretty good reason. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that the government isn't profiting off of the taxation of it, it is dangerous to make and also dangerous to consume. Mm-hmm. And this is mostly because of the materials used to make it rather than the ingredients themselves. However, some mm-hmm. distillers in the past have experimented with all sorts of literal shit, mm-hmm. including manure, embalming fluid, bleach, rubbing alcohol, or paint thinner. Or I mean, it's gasoline. Just- all sorts of shit. Yeah. It is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than like buying street drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know it's what the I mean? Same like it's all cut. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. cut with God knows what kind mm-hmm. of chemicals. No regulation, no oversight, no nothing. It, mm-hmm. You are it's taking a risk. A risk. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But God, it's worth it. Oh my God. <laughs> Allegedly. It's, it's not worth Allegedly. it. It's super not worth it. So, first of all, this shit is flammable. Yeah. It's high-proof alcohol. So, without good ventilation, the vaporized alcohol can, like, hang out in the air and cause issues. Some moonshiners use or used to use lye to speed up the fermentation process. Oof. Not great. No. Considering that's Only how... used for lutefisk and disposing of bodies. Yeah. Exactly. Those You're the in the danger two... zone. Logical uses mm-hmm. for that. Making soap. If that. Lutefisk. Which sometimes overlaps with both lutefisk and, and dead body the disposal. Bodies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we make lutefisk soap? 
Oh, I, I would rather make dead bodies. Body soap. soap. Yeah, it would <laughs> smell better. <laughs> However, the answer to your question is yes, we should. We should try yes. and make that. New merch item <laughs> available 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really no. disgusting. I hate everything about that. So some stills use car radiators in the process, which I would I would imagine can explode because you're not using these radiators for what they're supposed to be used for, yeah, which is they're all in like a car. Jacked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. But these car radiators also could contain lead, which if consumed can lead to blindness or lead poisoning which can cause infertility gout damage to the kidneys and joints mental issues a bunch of other shit it's not and they're right. using the radiators as like distilling equipment right or like engine equipment to yeah heat. yeah that's what i thought we'll, we'll get to it but yes okay. engines to heat the mash okay but we'll yep. get to it okay A common folk test for testing the quality of moonshine is to pour some onto a spoon and then light it on fire. And if the flame is blue, it's safe. But if it's yellow, it's tainted somehow. And if it's red, it contains lead. Jesus Christ. So the phrase was, (laughs) lead burns red and makes you dead. (laughs) Easy to remember. In, I definitely want to do the flame test for every beverage that Let's I consume. Let's do the flame test later. Oh, my God. My bangs need to be cut so bad. <laughs> oh, they're so long, but they're cute. Thanks. I kind of like them long. In the 60s, poisoning by moonshine was such an issue that the federal government created the Poison Moonshine Publicity Program and hired Louis Armstrong to record PSAs about it for the radio. Okay. I love that for him. Amazing (laughs) that they could get him. I know, right? Damn. So here's a fun fact. There is literally pre-cum in the moonshine making process. Okay. I'm sorry. What? This is not making solo cups in a factory and then unleashing them on the unsuspecting public and... See some past episode I can't remember for the full story. What was that? I don't. Did we do like know. college crimes or something? Something. The red solo cups. There was a tainted batch of red solo cups from the factory out of the sealed container, and it just reeked of cum. We need to remember which episode that was. That was a good. I'm pretty that sure was a that good was campus find. crimes. Mm. Oh, campus crimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't want to revisit that no maybe anyway okay so the first drips from the condenser are called the four shot stop how i don't i don't don't make the rules and it's believed that this portion contains a higher concentration of methanol acetone and other undesirable byproducts so they usually Scoop that portion out. And spermatozoa. Remove it from the batch. (laughs) Gametes. I don't really understand what's in pre-cum. I don't know. What is in pre-cum? I mean, it's just jizz. It's It's discharge and possible jizz. It's lubricant. This gave me flashbacks to a time when a man, I can't remember who it was. (laughs) I don't think I want to hear this. Told me that after 
a person with a penis ejaculates and then they go pee. There's like a little plug of yeah, it can spray in any in direction. That so only it knows to where like, it's gonna go. Like shoot out before the pee comes out. Isn't that disgusting? Ask Zach about it. I think no. it's a thing. I have to continue to see him as a sexual being. I can't ask about that. <laughs> can't ask, ask about him. his little dry champagne cork, his postcoital cork. Don't ruin the champagne <laughs> for me. <laughs> his postcoital cork. Had to blast out the Stop cork. Stop it! What about your partner? <laughs> it's not like it's like crusty or dried. It's just a little plug, a little or mucus green. plug. <laughs> it might be green. I don't know. What, I don't know what he's eaten. It might taste it's like just pineapple. One I don't little know. Broccoli floret that's just <laughs> stuck in. <laughs> it's just one little booger. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this is true. One man told me this. He might have a venereal disease. I don't know. It's yeah. not a man that I had sex with. Some nurse is going to write to us and be like, oh, oh my God, he had syphilis. <laughs> Get tested. Get tested. <laughs> Get tested 14 years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. So the damage has been done. <laughs> Post cum choking <laughs> on my own penis spit. plug. Oh. You. Are you Googling? <laughs> come through penis <sighs> plug. Wash before and after each use. No. That's a year. All right, let's move time. on. How is postcoital penis plug not like an immediate search result? Well, because apparently there's a, a toy, so this the search results oh. are gonna be all fucked up. Post on. All right. Moonshine. Penis ejection. <laughs> Moving on. on. Moonshine has been around in the U.S. since a bill was passed during the Civil War outlawing non-registered stills. So here's a quote from Sirius Eats. Quote, when moonshine is, or while moonshine is deeply rooted in Southern culture and heritage, its origins, in fact, can be traced to Pennsylvania. Hmm. Farmer distillers in the western part of the state protested when the federal government passed the Distilled Spirits Tax in 1791. Hmm. So these residents tarred and feathered tax collectors and fired upon their homes. Jesus. These actions sparked the Whiskey Rebellion and nearly set off America's first civil war. A lot of Scots, mm. a lot of Scottish folks mm-hmm. setting that off, according to Outlander. Yeah. Where I have this bit of history from. Well, I think Irish and so, I guess, Scottish immigrants were there mm-hmm. and they were doing their own thing. And they also tended to get the most up in arms about taxes. Really right. pissed like about taxes. Like the Tea Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super pissed about taxes. Mm-hmm. 13 years of prohibition really ramped it up between 1920 and 1933. And since that wonderful idea was repealed, laws have since focused on just taxation. Mm-hmm. So when we think about modern moonshine illegal distilleries, it's mm-hmm. primarily about a lack of taxation. And also regulation, just to make sure nobody's going to die. Right. Well, they say regulation, mm-hmm. but uh, what I think they mean is taxation. Mm-hmm. Because if they were so concerned with that. We all know that, that's the number one concern of yeah, the government. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is making the money. I will now 
teach you how to make moonshine. Oh, great. Can't (laughs) wait to get arrested. Here we go. I mean, it's barely a Lucy segment if I don't teach you how to to bury a body. Commit this crime. Right. The ingredients are very simple. You need cornmeal, sugar, yeast, and water. And you can actually use almost any kind of grain in place of the cornmeal. But in the U.S., it's pretty much standard. It's always made from corn. Okay. And if it's made from a grain like corn or rye, it's a whiskey. But if you use white sugar in place of the grain because it's cheaper, then it's technically a rum. Oh. So so white sugar and sugar? Just sugar? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, rum. No wonder you're so delicious. So good. No my wonder God. You taste so <laughs> no good. No wonder in you're Coke. a gateway alcohol yeah. for teenage <laughs> girl. <laughs> Alcoholic <laughs> maple syrup that you dump in a diet soda and it's all bets are off. And Wait, alcoholic rum. maple syrup would be fucking amazing. I know. Ooh. I would eat pancakes 10 times as much as I do now Trademark. and I eat them pretty that is regularly. It's a brunch game changer. Oh. Can you imagine? I'm, we're doing Trying this. It. Podcasting can't last forever. Mm. But alcohol Hold on to will. all your crazy ideas. <laughs> we're going to need to rebrand eventually. Like all when the we ones change we our identities after we're with. run out of town. Last night during our special thanks, <laughs> I feel like we had a lot of good ideas. <laughs> Stay sexy, don't get martyred. <laughs> Don't give it away. Our spinoff podcast that's in no way related to my favorite murder. Brought to you by Vaguely Wrong Studios. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify, we are fans. We are murderinos. Yes, of course. That's why imitation is the strongest form of flattery or whatever it is. (laughs) And you can't get sued for satire. Maple syrup, writing it down. Okay. Writing it down. Uh, You can also add flavoring ingredients like fruit, if you care about flavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, The difference between moonshine and like the regular whiskey or rum you would get legally is that moonshine isn't aged at all. Yeah, you got no time for that. Hence the clarity of the product. It's it's clear mm-hmm, as opposed mm-hmm. to the brownish or golden of the legal stuff that's typically been aged in oak barrels for quite a while, like mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So the aging process mellows out those flavors and moonshine doesn't go through that, pro- that process. Not so much. That is why moonshine has such an intense kick, a very unique flavor. Getting mm-hmm. kicked in the mouth by a horse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So to make moonshine, first, you ground your corn into meal. Uh, you can use commercial hog feed for this. I have that, so we're good. <laughs> what? Somebody's oh, got to feed Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Your pantry just has burlap sacks of hog <laughs> commercial feed. hog feed. It's just got sawdust on the floor. It's just an old timey general store slash saloon. You have to herd Bill into his trough at dinner time. <laughs> Put that bag around his, his face neck. and hook it over his ears. <laughs> Poor guy. He does on weekends all the on cooking. Sundays. He gets a carrot. He does. <laughs> if he's good. <laughs> or a parsnip on holidays. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, 
So then you soak the corn, the cornmeal in hot water in the still. And also there are photos on the drive, which will be on the blog. The blog. Blog. To give you an idea. Why did I say that? I don't know. It's on the blog. There are photos on the drive, which will be on the blog. Which will help you figure out what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> on the blog. It'll be on the blog. So you can add some malt to convert the starch into sugar. Or just add a little sugar independently. Just dump it in. Who cares? Then you add some yeast to officially start the fermentation process. Mm. So this mixture that you have now is called mash, which you will continue to heat and stir for some amount of time. And I think there's a reason why these websites weren't giving me very yeah. specific instructions. <laughs> yes, I imagine that's true. Some amount of time. For some <laughs> amount of time. Could be minutes, could be also days. Also, no amounts. Right. No measurements. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know what you're doing, your still and all of the piping will be made from copper to avoid the gout and the blindness and the whatnot. Mm. Gout. A chemistry occurs. A chemistry occurs. Mm -hmm. The stone furnace beneath the still is brought up to 172 degrees Fahrenheit. That is specific. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a reason. Most modern moonshiners will use propane for this because it's easier to control than wood or coal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep, makes mm -hmm. sense. This causes the alcohol to evaporate. So you don't want it to get a whole lot hotter. Because then it'll mm -hmm. all... Burn off. It might all burn off, go to shit, whatever, but this is the minimum temperature at which the alcohol evaporates, and that pushes the alcohol steam through the cap arm, which is on the top of the still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That arm goes into a heated barrel called the thump keg, where the mm. mash is filtered out, and it's called the thump keg because of the sound that the mash makes when it drips Plops out. in there. What? When it drips out of the steam and into the bottom of the barrel. Thump Keg would be such a good bad college band name. Mm -hmm. Thump Keg. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The steam then travels into the worm, which is mm. a coiled length of pipe that winds down the inside of the worm box, which is a barrel that is constantly wetted down with circulating cold <laughs> water. Who this sounds like way too much work. So complicated. Well, if yeah. you're familiar with like sous vide cooking, it's the same concept. You have circulating water at a specific temperature, and then that well, sure, but a chemistry occurs. Yeah, and you don't your have meat to gets build cooked. a set out of beakers and hoses. You can just buy that nice sous vide. I am not familiar. Machine. If it doesn't involve chopping and sautéing in olive oil, <laughs> I <laughs> got. No. A sous vide steak with a quick sear uh, on a cast iron skillet to finish is the fucking best thing. Sous vide in the world. is actually really fucking awesome. It's Cooks basically so evenly. It's essentially a slow cooker for people who know what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. Not so for me. Good. Don't qualify. I'll send you a link. Send. I'll send you a Corey, my husband, <laughs> who can yeah. sous vide steak. Yeah. Okay. So the 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 worm box. The water is coming down it, mm -hmm. uh, with cold water, and that condenses the alcohol steam into liquid. Yep. So the spout is attached to the worm box, and that is where the finished product comes out. Wow. So uh, at, its, at its core, the moonshine is this alcohol vapor that sort of travels through the still and then, and then comes out as a liquid. Yeah, uh -huh. it's re-liquefied. Mm-hmm. 
So moonshine is definitely making a legal comeback today. A lot of mixologists are including it in craft cocktails. And companies... Where's my can? Like Sipshine. Companies like Sipshine are packaging and selling it in a million different varieties. And because there are so many options out there, you're going to find one that you like or that is appropriate and delicious to experiment with some of your own cocktails. Mm -hmm. Like, I like this stuff mixed with a little Mm -hmm. bit of soda water, you know, things. It's very fun to experiment with. It's good on its own, but it makes a really, really interesting mixer. Makes a good cocktail. Yeah. Big fan. Exactly. So I also came across one that was apple pie moonshine. Yum. Yeah, that Hello. sounds good. Like I that heated it. up with some apple cider and some cinnamon and mm. some cranberry and some orange and some clove over the holidays. Honey, yes. hey. Mullet. Mullet over. Oh. Mullet. Yeah. Fill your house with the scents, the sweet aromas of the holidays. <laughs> so don't be afraid of moonshine just because it's technically illegal. Oh, and then I will also point out that the word moonshine mm-hmm. is considered, I think it's classified what do they call it, as a fanciful term mm-hmm. with the U.S. federal government. So they they don't actually refer to, like, if you put moonshine on a can, they're not like... That's illegal that, that's alcohol. Illegal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so like parody almost. Moonshine mm-hmm. is not the same word as, like, vodka, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. It's Where not, it means one specific thing. Yeah, they treat it as just, like, a general term and not, like, Booze. a product. Yeah. I cool. love it. Well done. Yeah, I learned so a lot. Thanks, yeah. thanks. And I drank a lot. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right. ready to keep drinking. Shall we hear a word from our sponsors? Let's do, do it. it. Remember sex ed? Because I do. Vividly. <laughs> Too well. <laughs> um, we learned how to prevent pregnancy at all costs. And we have all the tools to prevent pregnancy. But when it comes to planning ahead for it, it's kind of a mystery. And it's time for fertility education. But actually, I don't like not knowing mm-hmm. what's going on in my bod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is why Modern Fertility was created. It is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home. Who doesn't like to stay at home? Mm-hmm. With Me. Just a s- I love it. <laughs> with just a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. It could not be faster or easier. And traditional testing with your doctor can cost over a thousand bucks. Who's got that? Yeah, that's a lot. No, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, you can get 20 bucks off that test. So 139, according to math. Yep. And if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. And some of those, like the dollars, maybe don't roll over to the next year sometimes. So now is kind of the perfect time to use those dollars. It really is. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. The results go in-depth into what every hormone means. And that can be a little bit confusing at times. So they also offer... Um, a fertility nurse that you can talk to one-on-one to review your mm-hmm. results and options for those next steps. So whether you want kids today, maybe not literally today, but like nine months from today, or maybe just <laughs> one day in the future, you do need information to make the decision that is best for you. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want kids, and I took one of these tests just to get an idea of, like, what's going on with my business. Exactly. It's your bot. It's informative. Yeah. It's my bot. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. So that means your test will cost $139 instead of hundreds or thousands that it could cost you at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. One more time, that's modernfertility.com slash gals. Treat your knowledge. Treat it. Holidays are notoriously stressful, strenuous. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a marathon, not a sprint. From soreness and stress to restless nights to just like your mind racing about will your secret Santa gift arrive in time to mail to your secret Santa recipient? Don't remind me. The USPS is way slowed down right now. I have so many running lists in my brain. It's like a beautiful mind in there, but I am not solving any of the equations. It's stressful. (laughs) I can't fall asleep at night. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, so this season, Caliper CBD can help you turn your bah humbugs into happy holidays. You can be mm. a little less Grinchish. Mm-hmm. Caliper can help you feel better fast, and it easily fits into your daily habits with flavorless CBD packets or tasty, straight-to-the-tongue Swift Sticks. You love those. I really do. And mm-hmm. with a Caliper gift subscription, anyone can enjoy the gift of convenient, powerful, and precise CBD. What a beautiful gift. Caliper believes everyone deserves a simple way to feel better, and I'm on board with that. This is different from any CBD oil that you've ever tried. Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless and mixes easily in any food or drink. So, like I said, no weird taste. There's also no oily residue. There's no, like, bizarre mouthfeel. And they precisely measure 20 milligrams in each packet of Caliper CBD. So you don't have to question how much CBD you're taking. You don't have to use those like little droppers and make it kind of a guessing game. I've gotten into the routine of just putting a packet of it in my tea at night. So I drink like a turmeric herbal tea each night, put my packet of Caliper CBD in there, and it has become the most essential part of my evening wind down. Because like you mentioned, Lucy, I also have a hard time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Once I'm out, I'm out, honey. But getting me there is <laughs> it's not a easy. Journey. Yeah. yeah, it's a journey. And the Caliper CBD has really changed my evening routine. So rediscover your best self with a CBD product that's clinically proven to be superior to standard CBD oils. Your body is mostly water and oil and water don't really mix. So CBD oil also, you know, doesn't always mix the best. It's <laughs> clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powder compared that to tinctures. That is absolutely incredible. It's bombs. Yeah. I can't make this stuff up. And Caliber gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes, which is about twice as fast as CBD oil. So if you're like me and you need to get to sleep, like, that 15 minutes is ideal. That's mm-hmm. what you want. It's also very affordable, and it comes in 30 and 60 count packs. So you can get individual packets to give you the benefits of CBD wherever you go. Pop them in your bag. Take them on that stressful family gathering that you shouldn't be having anyway. <laughs> um, unlike some products out there, Caliper is completely THC-free and all the goodness of CBD with no high. It's all natural, non-GMO ingredients, no fillers, no added chemicals, no artificial flavors flavors. It's the real deal. It really is. So get 30% off Caliper's all-natural flavored Swift Stick variety packs when you use promo code WINECRIME30 
Uh, that's W-I-N-E-C-R-I-M-E-3-0 at trycaliper.com slash winecrime30. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper, T-R-Y-C-A-L-I-P-E-R.com slash winecrime30. Don't forget that promo code winecrime30 for 30% off flavored Swift Stick variety packs. Treat your health. Treat it. All right. Are we ready for my case? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I never ready. know. It's it's a, actually a very gentle ride this mm. week. Just wanted to talk about folks living their lives. Great. I'm going to drink some more. Hold on. <laughs> so, so I don't believe you. This feels like a trap. Yeah. No, this- it really I'm serious. I'm serious. It's just I just wanted to talk about cute anecdotes. Okay. So, William Bernard Henderson Harry and the Hendersons. MJ Hardy Gundersons. Nissan. Nissan and Dodge. Don't you know you're not wanted here? Go on. Get. <laughs> Was born in 1903 in Rineville, mm. a tiny unincorporated community in Hardin County, Kentucky. All right. Ooh, tiny. My, my new hometown. Mm. <laughs> 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 His parents were 63-year-old George Henderson and 21-year-old Sienna Calvert Henderson. So his father was 63 and his mother 21 at the time of his birth? Correct. Was he his own grandpa? Oh, it's funny. Well, I know, it's but it funny really you is. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Why do I have such a talent for my <laughs> jokes to I'm be my own grandpa? Real. <laughs> George and Sienna had married after George's childhood sweetheart, Sally with whom he'd been married for 35 years, passed away. So his marriage, his first marriage was longer than his second wife had been alive. Oh, by a lot. Presumably George's childhood sweetheart was his own age. Yeah, ish. Closer, yeah. Closer. My God. Uh Uh-huh. So... First wife married to for 35 years. She passes away. He marries... A child. Yep. (laughs) In one more weird detail, George and Sally, who'd had no children, so George and his first wife had no kids, and they'd come very close to adopting Sienna when she was a baby after her mother passed away. This is literally the plot line of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. You are sleeping on this. You I've have been tra- I tried got- to find it and Hulu was like, that will be $60 a month. And I laughed. You gotta in just their buy all get the sling. seasons on Prime. No, just get Sling. It's I, all on Share sling. your login. Tweet it. Tweet yeah, it at us. Tell us. Yeah, I already use your HBO. What's your Sling? <laughs> I'll text you later. I'm oh. not about to say it on the air. That I'll get is. For sure. <laughs> that's some Woody Allen shit. Yeah. Mm hmm. Instead, Sienna ended up being raised by her own grandparents until she turned 18 and then married the man who was almost her father. Get it. Okay. So George passed away three years after his son William was born. And just a few years later, Sienna sent William 
away at the age of six to attend boarding school in Indiana. Hmm. Sounds like George had some money. Mm -hmm. William remained in Indiana throughout high school and college before returning home to Kentucky to attend law school. Throughout college and law school, William was known as an avid sports fan and a talented athlete. And the best damn tapper. Damn tapper, (laughs) most smartest. (laughs) He excelled at pretty much any sport he tried, but his true passion was America's second pastime, baseball. After NASCAR. He played uh, semi-professional baseball throughout college and law school, and this is where he was given the nickname Big Six. I don't like that. And this is because he had a similar pitch to Christy Big Six Mathewson. It doesn't say why Christy Mathewson got the nickname Big Six, whatever, who played for the New York Giants. Okay. I'm just going to take this guy's nickname for no reason. Wait, so he played baseball, but aren't the Giants a football team? Pretty (laughs) sure the Giants are a football team. Well, Little Giants were football for sure. New York yep. Giants baseball? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they oh oh, you know what? Okay, so there was the New York Giants baseball, and then they moved to San Francisco, and okay. now that's the San Francisco baseball team. Got it. Got it. All right. Okay. So we're both right. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a wild ride. Whoa, I have whiplash already. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so William Big Six Henderson liked the nickname so much that he began introducing himself to people as Big Six, including in professional settings. Okay. Sir, you're six. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) No. No. He even eventually had that name printed on the letterhead that he used for a official, like, FBI business. Letterhead is FBI. We'll get to it. Custom letterhead is like the old timey version of a vanity plate. Oh yeah, let it go. (laughs) Big six, man. Although, Mm. if I do ever get a Tesla, I'm getting the no kids vanity plate. (laughs) Get munders on my wish list. Munders. I'll get two Teslas. One will say munders. The other will say no kids, and I'll pick which one. Just no, no kids mund. No kids mund. No kids in the front and mund in the mund back. In the do back. they let you do that? Probably custom paint no. job. I can make it happen. Big six. That just sounds. Oh, that's pathetic. I hate <sighs> it. After law school, Big Six worked for years for a railroad company, but it was not until 1941 that he found his true calling when he was offered a job as treasury investigator for the tax unit. Of the Department of Alcohol, <laughs> which oh yeah, because Big Six McGee is a guy we can trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, apparently you can. you can. Big Six was upstanding because he stood really fucking tall. I tall. hate Big Six. <laughs> <laughs> so this was obviously several years after the end of Prohibition. It was 1941, but the production of illegal and untaxed. Moonshine liquor was still a huge industry in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Basically, the repeal of prohibition by the federal government left the state of Kentucky a confusing patchwork of wet, moist, and dry counties. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> it's still the same way. There are still Ooh. dry counties in Kentucky, including Wait, really, yeah. Oh, yeah, Allen, Bath, Casey, Crittenden, Clinton, Elliot, Hancock, Jackson, probably some more. I had to click a link, and it doesn't appear to be working. Definitely alphabetical, and mm-hmm. it's definitely not the end of the list. Nailed it. And why then there though? Are, but why? And then there are moist counties where you can sell alcohol at like restaurants and stuff, but not liquor stores mm-hmm. and bars. Mm-hmm. I thought Utah was the only crazy shithole that did that. Oh no. no, I think there there are dry counties in like Pennsylvania. Even the county where. What? Uh, Jack Daniels is made is a dry county. Still, mm-hmm. you can like they produce it there, but they can't actually can't sell it, consume yeah. it. But for, from for from a le- like a government standpoint, what's why? the point? <laughs> yeah, good question. States' rights. Yeah. Well, counties' rights. Yes, it, I mean, yeah. Okay, so since the repeal of prohibition, the Eighteenth Amendment, it has essentially fallen to the states. To decide what they want to do about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but, there are dry counties for the same reason that, but, like, up until fairly recently, you could drink at the age of 18 with parental consent in Wisconsin. Like, different states will have different approaches to how they handle liquor law. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that repealed? Probably should be. A, lo- I, a while I, ago. I abuse, but within I our lifetime. I personally abused that law. Within the last, like, <laughs> 10 years, that was still a legitimate thing in Wisconsin. But, yeah, as long as you're following, for the most part, like, federal regulation, the states can do kind of whatever they want. With well, it's like how there are all different kinds of alcohol laws about like whether you can Sunday sell sales. alcohol in grocery stores yeah. or on no, Sundays. I, or- I, I understand all of that, but I'm just wondering what the objective would like the be benefit. to not sell it at all. Like, why wouldn't you want those tax dollars, you know? I mean, I think Is this just a just moral some, standpoint? Yeah, I think there really are some like political gains and or like ground to be gained among voters in a lot of places that stand on a moral high ground. Yeah. And you you, religion. you sell out on the on missing out on the taxes for alcohol dollars, uh-huh. but you end up putting yourself in a position of power to get something else. You think else your that constituents must be value. aren't getting fucked up on something? Everyone's You're delusional. A oh, they are. And yeah. it's moonshine, and we'll get to it. There okay. it is. Federal agents who tracked down and arrested people operating illegal distilleries were reviled by Kentucky locals and often referred to as revenuers because they're trying to get that revenue. Mm -hmm. But Big Six threw himself into his work and uh, I can read Big Six threw himself into this work (laughs) with the dedication that he had once devoted to baseball. 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 Maybe football. I am human woman. I play a baseball. I am human woman. Uh, I am human rabbit being. (laughs) How are your rabbits, by the way? Callie just barked at Blanche. (laughs) Okay. So shit's getting real wild up in here. Man is about to start her own real housewives of Of, Amanda's house. Of Amanda's rabbits. (laughs) Real house, Real house rabbits wives of, my of house. Amanda's house. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's oh Real God. Housewives of, of Amanda's Real House. I want to start Amanda's Real House Rabbits. <laughs> of Amanda's house. Of my house. There's already enough drama that you definitely could. <laughs> I'm ready. Born so, ready. So Big Six made it his personal mission to find and arrest all the moonshiners in Kentucky. Yeah, okay. Round them up. Get them out. 
Despite the innocuous sounding nature of his title or the title of revenuer, it was basically a pretty dangerous job. Moonshiners were usually armed. They were located in far flung and isolated areas where they were surrounded by like their the woods. And they were prepared to defend their stills slash livelihoods. I wouldn't want that job. And it's not like you can be like, niner niner backup whatever like you're in like the middle of fucking nowhere Appalachia you gotta show up with your crew yeah ready to go so it helped that um Henderson's athletic abilities and imposing physical presence made him well suited to the job so he stood six foot four inches tall hello Big boy, big six. Weighed about 250 pounds and could run for miles without tiring. He was just jacked and fit and in like another time would have been in the NFL. Fucking freak. Freak. (laughs) (laughs) Ish. Who is that in shape? How dare you be that healthy? Literally, how dare you? Sir, your ass. Sir, your calves. <laughs> so Big Six cut a striking figure. His hair had also turned pure white at an early age. And so according... He's seen some shit. Well, okay, so that happens. My uncle's hair turned white, like, within a week. Because uh-huh. he, I think he, like, lifted something heavy and he tweaked something. Like in his neck or his My back God. or something, and his hair was snow white. What? That's insane. It is like some X Men shit. I know. Everyone thought it was super weird, but apparently there was like a fairly regular medical explanation for it. Well, there you go. Old baseball injury, something. Something. I don't trust it. So. Hair was pure white as snow, and then somebody who knew him later said in an interview that he had, quote, eyes the color of wet turquoise. Wet turquoise? (laughs) Wouldn't wet turquoise be the same color as dry turquoise? Turquoise? Turquoise. Just a little darker. Look at these wet wet turquoise waters. Well, considering what turquoise is, is it's the same fucking color wet or dry you perv (laughs) moist (laughs) turquoise you perv (laughs) so big six also developed a reputation for stealth he could creep through the woods quote as quiet as smoke how he's like 800 feet tall <laughs> and 379 pounds. He's the quietest. We've man just to walk went here. over these stats. Quiet as smoke. I cannot and believe would seem any of- to appear out of nowhere in order to break up a moonshining operation and arrest anyone present. Mm. <laughs> so he was basically the stuff of legend. I kind of like him. He's growing on me. Yeah, I was going to say, you hate him, and now you love him. I kind of like him. That's how (laughs) this goes. I like a man as quiet as smoke. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be bothered. I want a man to be seen and not heard. I fucked that up. I like a tall man to be seen and and not at all heard. Oh, for two. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> Although Henderson was dedicated to ridding Kentucky of moonshiners, he prided himself on treating the people he arrested fairly. He oh, said, good. He said once, quote, I never regarded them as doing anything evil, just illegal. I never abused them. Killed a few, but never abused them. <gasps> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that escalated real fast. At least it was over fast. I don't know. <laughs> Killed a few. Never abused them. Killed a few. But would murder be classified as abuse? Technically, I'm no. I'm sure one no. could argue. <laughs> no, so. technically, no. In turn, many Kentucky moonshiners developed a sense of awe and respect for Big Six, while at the same time fearing that he could show up at any moment and ruin their lives. <laughs> According we to lived one, in terror he and was, constant fear. We casually lived in terror. Sexy Grim Reaper. So, uh, <laughs> Giant, sexy Grim Reaper. Stay sexy, don't get martyred. Don't get raped. <laughs> Token no. Reaper. Okay, too close. <laughs> Way too close. That's a little close. It's a little close. That wasn't good. Grim Reaper. <laughs> I know, but it was too close to something that was mm-hmm. unintended. Yes, I know. I heard uh, it too. <laughs> I know. I said it. It was me. I said it. <laughs> so, according to one story, when Big Six showed up to arrest a moonshiner for the third time in a row, the wife of the moonshiner said, quote, Mr. Big Six, we're proud to have folks know we know you. I have never been more <laughs> thrilled to be arrested. I feel like I'm being arrested by a celebrity. Oh, my God. I haven't even done my hair. For my moonshine. <laughs> my moonshine. <laughs> However, it is worth noting that the source of most of these stories about how respected Big Six was it's seems from Big to be Six. Big Six. Knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah. He's just tooting his own horn. Because no one would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so flattered you'd show up to arrest my husband and destroy my livelihood. (laughs) (laughs) Big Six became so well known in the areas of Kentucky where he operated that children, rather than playing cops and robbers, would play. Did you say children? Children. Children. It's like how you now say chow. Chow. Un- <laughs> inexplicably. I subscribe to Southern living. Oh, no. <laughs> Some of your words in your lexicon have shifted so dramatically. It's alarming. It's I'm like alarming. worried you have a brain tumor. <laughs> like it, like important. Complete personality change. Important and chow. Chow. <laughs> so where he operated the children, <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather than playing cops and robbers, would play moonshiners and revenuers. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yes, I'm they just going to call it they right li- now. No, they literally did because <laughs> there is documented evidence that there was a popular jump roping chant that went quote my mother told me to watch the still in case big six came over the hill oh I love that (laughs) 
I I am skeptical at best that. of <laughs> his clearly self-promoting retelling of his life. I yeah, don't know. His Moon self-promotion is... It's solid. Uh, he blows it out of the water. I'm impressed. Shining is a big deal in Kentucky. I can absolutely see this the ch- children in Appalachia playing moonshiners and revenuers. I can see Dolly Parton playing this in her coat of many colors. Well, <laughs> my mama made oh. for me. The, the, <laughs> ring, the ring around the rosy chant was about like smallpox or some shit. Yeah. The Black the, Death. Was it Black Death? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I think that's a rumor, but I'm sticking with it. I don't think it was Black Death. I think it was smallpox. I'll Google it. Okay. Because it doesn't make sense. Symptoms of the plague. Wise. Okay. Although moonshiners were present throughout Kentucky, much of Big Six's focus was placed on the Coe Ridge settlement. There are photos on the drive, which had a reputation for being one of the most dangerous areas of the state. The Coe Ridge settlement had been established in the years immediately after the Civil War when a freed slave named Ezekiel and his wife Patsy purchased 300 acres of land from their former slave owner, Jesse Coe. Okay, here's what I found out. Um, They think that Ring Around the Rosie referred to a red circular rash common in some some forms of the plague. You're right. The posies would have represented the different flowers and herbs people carried to ward off disease. The ashes uh, and falling down was supposed to mimic sneezing and eventually dying from the disease. So I was thinking that it was like ri- like a like a ring, like a ring around like ringworm, rosy, Ooh. like ringworm. But no, it's actually the plague, and then like the flowers they carried around or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would like smell. They would like a fix. The plague basically, was not like, feed a bags good of smelling herbs. situation. Yeah, yeah, like potpourri, like a feed bag yeah. of potpourri. Yeah, yeah, for the corpse smell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Coe Ridge settlement, where all these moonshiners are, the land soon became home to a community of social misfits, freed slaves, Native Americans, and divorced, widowed, and otherwise disenfranchised white women. Mm-hmm. Great. At first, Coe Ridge was a prosperous kind of utopia. It had lots of acres of chestnut trees that were sold as lumber. Mm-hmm. But then there was a chestnut blight, and it wiped out that those forests. And then the community needed some sort of revenue, so they turned to the production of moonshine, and that became their primary source of revenue. Makes sense. Got it. Fortunately, this reliance on moonshining and bootlegging led to a rise in alcoholism and also violence in the once harmonious community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also just like economic strife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So res- stress and booze leads yeah. to violence. Mm-hmm. As we've seen on this podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So residents also had to contend with regular violent raids from white people, like white men, in Mm -hmm. surrounding towns who were infuriated by the racial mixing at Coe Ridge, and especially infuriated by the community's reputation as a safe haven for white women who were unsafe or unhappy in their own communities. So basically Mm -hmm. like women fleeing like abusive marriages 
would go there and be accepted, and then their abusers would yeah, like would show up and be like, "Nope, you're my property." It was a bitch get back here sort of mm-hmm. situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking patriarchy. Ick. So by the time Big Six began his raids on Coe Ridge in the 1940s, the area had been on the decline for years, and moonshining was really the only way that they were able to make money still. And everyone still remaining in that community was involved in the moonshining business, like men, women, children, everyone was involved. Mm-hmm. And basically anyone that could have gotten out by then had already gotten out. So it was people who were doing this because they had to, and this is how they could literally, like, put food on the table. Right. In a 1976 interview, Big Six recalled of his first visit to Coe Ridge, quote, We caught seven moonshine stills that day and destroyed about 300 gallons of illicit whiskey, which seems low. I feel like they were hiding that's, a lot of gallons. Yeah, For an entire town, that's... Though. It's a good amount, but for an entire town, I don't think it's... It's probably not all of it. Yeah, it's they certainly probably not all knew of it. how to hide some of it. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm less surprised by the amount of gallons than only seven stills. Mm. Right? Well, it's in one day. Either mm. way, yeah. Seems a little low. They were definitely hiding some. Quote, it fascinated me to catch these fellows. So he's very detached. Yeah, okay. He went on to gloat, quote, In the 23 or 24 years I was here, I caught practically everyone over there who could run, walk, or crawl. I think they finally found out that you can't win against the federal government. Government. Isn't the phrase run, walk, or crawl, like, gross in itself? Well, I think he's talking about, like, of all ages, but is it bad? I know, but I think... He said other problematic shit, so if that is problematic, I apologize. I didn't know that it was. I've heard the phrase run, walk, or crawl in the context of during the Vietnam War when generals were giving orders to, like, exterminate everybody in villages. Mm. I could see that. He also said that in the 70s. Yeah. I could see him... Understanding kind those of like connotations, a common, yeah. yeah. I didn't know them, but anyway. I mean, I could, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that specific phrase was used in like a, an explicit order from a general in the Vietnam War. It's mm. disgusting. Thanks, I hate it. So Thanks, I really hate it. Although the the majority of Big Six's raids were on Coe Ridge, he also worked to track down illegal stills throughout the state, and this often required a bit more detective work to figure out exactly where the moonshining operations were located. So it was very Mm. easy pickings to, like, go to this same place every few months and, like, catch people because, like, it's fucking, he knows it's going to be there. Yeah, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. So one interesting way that Big Six tracked down moonshiners was through a law that required businesses to track and report their sugar sales. Oh, you turkey bastard. Lots of sugar. He explained in an interview, quote, if you see they're selling 500 or 600 pounds of sugar at a Mm -hmm. little country store in December. 
Yeah. You know darn well they aren't making peach preserves. I They're don't know. making it's cookie, Christmas, it's cookie, cookies. Christmas cookie season. They're making apple pie moonshine. Exactly. Back. Get over it. It's the holidays. He's just jealous. Come on. The holiday season. Happy holiday. Do, 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 do. Dickory dick. Totally do. Dickory dick. Silver and gold. The holiday's here. Dickory dick. Golden. Red. It's very painful. Oh, we did 12 days of Christmas with my family via Zoom last night, and Corey drunkenly insisted on doing 10 Lords of Leaping. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, It's the lyrics. What are you going to do? Leaping. Yes. How old are you? Lords of Leaping. He kept saying Lords of Leaping. You got it right. Oh, no. Don't question uh, it. Okay. I've made my choices. <laughs> he would also rely on more basic undercover work, pretending to be a drunk and asking people in whatever town he was in where the best place to buy some moonshine would be. Pretty basic mm, shit. Very clever. For these purposes, Big Six kept a gallon of moonshine in his car at all times. Convenient. That's not legal. <laughs> Convenient. Which he would pour over the front of his shirt and then let dry in order to smell like mm-hmm. an authentic drunk. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> that's, we that's call entrapment. that Kentucky Cologne. No. <laughs> I, I made that no, up, you but it's do pretty not. good. Let's try again. <laughs> TM. Gross. TM. 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 Kentucky Cologne. Tried moonshine and vomit. I'd be willing to bet you've spent 18 minutes living in Kentucky. I'd be willing to bet someone has probably said that before. The wink. Kenyon cannot wink, and she looks like Lucille Bluth every time she does it. Yeah, I don't you have care to hold one eye open. <laughs> for for patrons, we are recording this as a video episode, so you get to see my <laughs> that Bluth wink. Like, good God! Okay, her whole face. Huh? I have to do such effort. I make the sound. Putting on Uh, mascara face. Yeah. Anyway. The mouth open. (laughs) I look like one of those talking fish (laughs) toys. Big mouth Billy Bass. (laughs) Big mouth Billy Bass. Oh my God. Okay. So Big Six recalled on one occasion attempting to use this fake drunk strategy and entering a small country store in Freedom, Kentucky. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. This and, is going to go well. And asking for a sandwich and something to drink. Mm. When the store's owner responded by handing him a cheese and bologna sandwich and a bottle of Coke, Big Six decided to be a little more blunt and said, Hey, partner, I'm so dry. You know, oh, I don't know why I'm doing Minnesota. That's <clears throat> <laughs> all we know. I'm so dry, you know where a feller could get some moonshine whiskey around here? To his shock, the store owner responded, Well, hell, Big Six, if anyone knows about it, you should. (laughs) Just knew exactly who the fuck he was. A cute costume, idiot. I know exactly who the fuck you are, you dumb piece of shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you think geez, splashing Chris. booze on your like man tits is gonna get you past me, sir? Well, gosh, Chris Harrison, I don't know where you can find some <laughs> young girls. Have, have a seat. <laughs> If anybody knows about it, you should. That is brilliant. <laughs> Big Six returned home and checked through his files to realize that the store owner was actually a moonshiner that he'd arrested several years prior. Dumbass. Oh my God. Keep a ledger, for God's sakes. Save the addresses in your phone. <laughs> Get a spreadsheet. <laughs> Over the 28 years that he was working for the Department of Alcohol, Henderson, Big Six, claimed to have busted more than 5,000 stills and sent more than 5,600 moonshiners to jail, according to his own meticulously kept but obviously easily forgotten personal records. <laughs> all meticulously kept records. His shitty records. <laughs> This averages to about 175 <laughs> busts a year or one every other day. That did pretty not good. happen. That did not happen. Well, if you can do seven in one day, you can still have a lot of days off, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I you don't bang know them what... out and then you take a three-day weekend and then you bang mm-hmm. them out and you take a three-day weekend. But mm-hmm. what does the paperwork situation <laughs> look like <laughs> back in the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> You got this. Bang them out. Mathematician over here. Bang them out. Take a three-day weekend. Fucking a beautiful mind. (laughs) (laughs) Bang these out. Go to the cabin. Bang these out. Bobby Fisher over here. Hey. Hey. At least I recognize someone I've arrested in the past, if that were me. All right. Still doing better than Big Six, let me tell you. Okay, so... The guy's an idiot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> in, 19, <laughs> in 1970, Big Six moved on from his work as a revenuer and became a U.S. Marshal stationed in Louisville, Kentucky. God, wow. just move away. Louisville. Get Can't out you of see here. you're not wanted here? Can't you see we're not wanted here? <laughs> he developed a reputation for enforcing an uncompromising code of conduct, telling the men who worked under him, quote, if you let one of your prisoners escape, don't come in and tell me about it. Lay your badge on my desk. Go get, get over it. it. Go on and get. I'm back to hating Big Six. He's the worst. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. You hate Big Six, and we're yeah. going to get to it right now. Okay. Big Six worked as a marshal for only five years before resigning. Mm-hmm. In his own words, quote, I decided to retire as United States Marshal rather than instruct my deputy marshals to enforce a regulation that I considered ludicrous and unjust. Forced school busing. Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Okay. Well, I mean, 0% shocked. Of course this guy is against segregation. Oh, no. Pro-segregation. Pro-segregation. Yeah, Against integration. Integration, yes. I'm drunk. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which, yeah. like, what an asshole. I think there were, I mean, there still are today a lot of issues around busing where it actually puts a lot of burden on, like, students of color to, like, mm-hmm. have long commutes and whatever. It's not but, a like, perfect system by any stretch. Right, but that was not his that's, problem yeah, That's it. not what people were up in arms about. Let's be perfectly yeah. fucking clear. No. He had nothing <laughs> to do with Jesus. that. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus This was Christ. just a misdirected moral issue for him. Ugh. 
Is that a Biden moment? Ugh. <laughs> a what? Don't. Don't. <laughs> you already don't. won. It's fine. Did you say Biden moment? Yes. As in We're Dr. allowed to be Dr. critical Jill? of the, the, the records of our uh, elected remember officials. Remember in the debate and he said something about busing and Kamala came oh. at him and then, yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. in lesser of two. In the final years of his life, Big Six devoted himself to telling stories about himself. Well, he was already <laughs> doing that. He was doing it all along. Tracking down moonshiners and burnishing his own reputation as a, quote, Kentucky folk hero. Oh. I guess. Of, of his time, I guess. That. He was a regular presence at political fundraisers. You can guess of what ilk. <laughs> and campaign Ew. events for politicians he supported, and he was always happy to agree to an interview to relive his glory days. Of course, get he the was. fuck over it. This man must have peaked at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Seriously, at big six. At big yeah. six. Big six. Reflecti- Give me a fucking break. Reflecting back on his years in law enforcement, he said, "Quote: I've had a lot of close calls. Several close calls." I put 5,000 moonshiners in the penitentiary more than anyone else. Back in the old days when I first went in, they had an idea that they had a God-given right to make whiskey, but I could run like a deer. Ugh. In 28 <laughs> years, I never had anyone run off from me because I could run like a deer. Good God. I didn't Stop repeating drink it. Or smoke, and nobody outran me. Yeah, we okay. get it. You could run. <laughs> <laughs> Join the Olympics. Go idiot. to the fucking Olympics. Get a longer resume, you asshole. Do you join the Olympics? I don't know. Whatever. No. You qualify. <laughs> and you join. It's like a club. Big Six died in 1987, the best year, at 83 yep. years old. His successor. <laughs> he killed him. He died on the day of our collective birth. <laughs> what if he died at like 52? He's bragging no. about how fucking healthy he is. I run like a deer. Natural <laughs> a tractor. I run like a tractor. A deer tractor. Slow and steady. <laughs> um, his successor as U.S. Marshal in the Western District of Kentucky commented upon his death, quote, what can you say about a guy like Six? He'd go out and search the woods for those stills. He's from the old line. He was quite a character. There's gold in them stills. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my my case. I hate that guy. (laughs) That was actually the mildest case you've ever done. It was. And he only killed five people. Nicely (laughs) done. Never abused him. Never Never abused him. Just killed him. Killed a couple, though. Yeah. Never abused him. Well... Shall we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Let's do it. Do it. For many of us, the holidays will look different this year. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, it's it's very weird for me because we do a like big family gathering every year, whether it's with like my sister's in-laws side of the family who live in Minnesota, or every other year we travel to Boston to do like the big my side of the family Christmas. And we're definitely not doing that this year, obviously, Mm -hmm. under the current, you know, circumstances. Right. 
So family and friend reunions are just really not going to be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. And that's why I am giving my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. This is like the most amazing service ever and helps you get to know members of your family in ways that you just never did before because it gives you these cool like prompts and questions that you can ask them. Mm -hmm. Tell us more. It's awesome. Well, StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person. Mm -hmm. So I did StoryWorth with my grandma uh, last year. And in the past, I tried to like kind of interview her and get some pictures. And I made like this little book about her life. And then I gave, I was very proud of it. And I gave it to her and she was like, oh, I didn't realize what you were doing. I have a lot more stories than that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord. Let's keep it going. You got yeah. to do the second in the series now. But with StoryWorth, like those those prompts, those questions, it just draws out so much more than just mm-hmm. me on the right. phone with Tell my grandma. Tell me about your life, grandma. Yeah. And she's yeah. like a child of the Great Depression. And she's just, she's not all that about like sharing information mm-hmm. about her life. Mm-hmm. She's very modest. She's fairly reserved. But anyway, StoryWorth definitely drew those out of her. So every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions that you never thought to ask, like what's a small decision you made that ended up having a big impact on your life? Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Just oh, really I love that. thought-provoking. Yeah. And reading the weekly stories is fun and makes your family feel close, even if you're not together. So like I said, it's hard to get stories out of my grandma sometimes but yeah. with story worse she told this incredible story about this man who they rescued from a like a dust storm because again she she grew up in the dust bowl during oh, wow. the great depression so dust storms were like a real thing they rescued a full-grown man and he ended up living with them as their farmhand for like years that's amazing it's absolutely amazing so after one year Storyworth will compile all your stories including photos into a beautiful keepsake book that is shipped for free so it's a year's worth of stories and information it's just mm-hmm. this is something you really can't do on your own Ugh, what I wouldn't give to have had access to something like this when my dad was around like how special that oh is that gosh, you get to I have know. that for the rest of your life with your grandma it's amazing mm-hmm. so give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash gals, and you'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash gals for $10 off. Treat your memories. Treat them. True story. This morning, I woke up at like 8 a.m., like a reasonable hour, and it was snowing, and I was in my newly washed Brooklyn and sheets, and you know what I did? Mm. Put my sleep mask back on and went back to sleep until 11. Good for you. It's so... My Brooklyn and sheets are just this luxury that I never would have anticipated, but I'm never going back. Uh, hard same. Yeah. So Brooklyn and was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that just did not cost an arm and a leg, which is actually really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And when they could not find such essentials, they decided to do it themselves. They founded Brooklyn and as the first direct to consumer bedding company. So they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. 
Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Like, literally, if you're a sweaty sleeper like me, you can find a great pair of sheets that are, like, good at keeping you cool. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting and is so confident in their product that all of their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. That is I mean, seriously. so cool. It's amazing. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets, okay? They have comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. I have changed all of my towels over to Brooklyn and Towels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are so phenomenal, and you can, like, choose your different levels of absorbency, which I love. So mm-hmm. I like the more, the thinner and more absorbent, but I still want them to be soft. I'm not, a, like, a, a super plush towel person, and they have exactly that towel for me, but then I know that you and Kenyon are more of the, like, plush towel people and they have yeah she likes the really thick ones i actually like that they have a really thin towel yeah like a bath sheet almost it's yeah it's just very thin Uh, i love it and they don't like they don't like smell soggy you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're phenomenal they just really they work beautifully and so you can buy sheets bedding and pillows all at once and save even more by like stacking that purchase it's amazing Yeah. Also, if you were like me a year ago and you only have one set of sheets Mm -hmm. per bed that you just like wash really quickly and put back on the same day, stop doing that. No, don't do that that to to yourself. yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2020. (laughs) Don't do that to yourself. I thought that was normal until fairly recently. Not normal. (laughs) So don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S. To get 10% off your first order and free shipping, that's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, for 10% off your first order plus free shipping, brooklinen.com, use promo code GALS at checkout and treat your sheets. Treat them. So I used to think that my skin goals were unattainable just because my specific set of issues was just kind of... It just was not, like, super common. Mm-hmm. Like, I have really, really sensitive skin, but at the same time, I don't break out that often. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like that, like, I like my skin to be highly moisturized, but I hate the feeling of a thick moisturizer. Right. So there's just, I was having a hard time finding, like, a middle ground until I found Curology. Curology is awesome. So whether you're trying to take control of acne or if acne is really no longer your top skin concern like Lucy and you're kind of moving into more of the looking out for fine lines, dark spots, Mm -hmm. occasional breakouts, clogged pores, dryness, etc. Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. My face is like a Frankenstein's monster of different issues. (laughs) I have like dry patches on my eyelids, but I'm oily in my T-zone. I have sensitive skin. I break out, but like moisturizing is my top priority because I'm consistently drying out like in my, around my eyes, in my Mm -hmm. cheeks. I'm like oily on my chin and between my brows always, but then there are so many dry spots on my face. The dry d- eyelids is a re- is very real. It sucks. It's so it's the bizarre. Worst. Yeah. So my skin needs are not like hot and dry. I have a lot of different needs, and so 
I started up with Curology and they help you put together a treatment plan. So to get your treatment plan, you start by answering questions online about your skin and then you send a couple of selfies to Curology. So they're literally like looking over, zooming in with the two fingers on your face (laughs) to see exactly what you're indicating in your questionnaire. And then next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your acne, fine lines, dark spots, dryness, and so much more. So that experience was so easy. I like I took my little online questionnaire. I sent in my selfies and I kid you not within like a half hour, I got a text from my, you know, my dermatology provider, the skincare professional. And I just laid it all on her. I was like, here's the deal. My face is bizarre and I'm always too dry, but then I always break out on my chin where I carry the most oil. I want to reduce my pores. I want to deal with this dryness. And she was like, done. I got this. So they set you up with a personalized treatment plan and ship your custom formula right to your door. And then you can set it up to just like show up monthly. So I use a face wash, a specific face wash from Curology that helps to not dry out my face, but also manage my acne. And then I have a morning and an evening um, moisturizer. I didn't realize that like what you put on your face in the morning before you say put on makeup or like start your day and expose yourself to sunlight is totally different than what you should be using at night. I just did not even think about that. Yeah. It's amazing. And it has absolutely improved my skin. I have definitely noticed a difference. I'm like stroking my cheek right now and it's really soft. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> so take control of acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to curology.com slash gals for a free 30-day trial. You just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash G-A-L-S to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology dot com for all the details and treat your face. Treat it. I had kind of a hard time selecting a case for this week because there are so many nefarious moonshine stories to cover. Yeah. There's a lot. And some like really, really tragic ones that are like still very prevalent today in places where alcohol is still illegal like massive deaths in India of people drinking tainted homemade alcohol and like Mm -hmm. impoverished communities without access to recovery resources that are drinking homemade alcohols because it's cheaper than buying it. The death Uh, tolls. Is it Sedan? I think Sedan. Yep. And Australia. I mean, it's all over the world that this shit's happening. I heard about a lot of expats making their own bathtub gin Mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the like expat teaching community, there's a there's a lot of temptation to go to Saudi because the money's can, good. You can make a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. but it's like a horrible life. Sorry, but it is. Nobody in Saudi is listening to our fucking podcast. It's well, a horrible if go- life. If you're going <laughs> from a very Western society to like a lot of restrictions and it's completely different. It's yeah, very, it's just, it's, very, that would be, very different. That would be shockingly different. But yeah. so I wanted to acknowledge that like these issues are still very much a thing and that like moonshine is not a thing of the past, but I was also getting so sad reading some of these news articles that I had to switch gears for my mental health. So I'm going to talk about cool lady moonshiners instead. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely talked about lady bootleggers, that Gertrude Rum Runner lady mm-hmm. in the, I think it was the Organized Crime episode. Yeah. She that was a total badass. lady? 
Yeah, gorgeous. she she had like a huge rum running syndicate out of the Bahamas and yes. was like a total, total badass. Oh, yeah. But there are a lot mm-hmm. of lady bootleggers. There are so many. So I thought, fuck it. I want to talk about them. So in fact, by the time Prohibition was in full swing, lady bootleggers outnumbered the men five to one. They're unassuming. In the trade. Well, yeah, this and is you got to feed your kids. You got to feed your kids, mm-hmm. but More this is motivated. mostly because women could operate pretty much undetected, as it was frowned upon for police to even pull over a car with a woman in it. Take love me back! It. Oh my god, love um, it! Take me back! <laughs> let alone search a woman, which was actually illegal at the time. The police could not like frisk a woman. A lot right? of touching. Mm-hmm. So there's really no way to accuse her of smuggling at that time. Mm-hmm. So the few who were tried would often be acquitted in court because the juries were like too scandalized to sentence a woman for such a crime and they literally couldn't believe women capable of such deception. The good old days. I know. We can get away with it all. So one badass of the trade was a woman named Maggie Bailey, queen of the mountain bootleggers. I am so glad that you're covering her because I came up with a lot of search results that Mm -hmm. talked about her. I almost did a little blurb. But yep. she deserves so much more. She so. does. So Maggie hailed from Clovertown, Kentucky, oh. and got into the moonshine game young. She started distilling the drink herself at age 17, and she was absolutely adored in her little town of Cloverton because she was so good to her community. She was a philanthropist at heart. She helped her neighbors when they went through hard times. Like she'd give them money, food, clothing, really whatever they needed. And she even helped put several local kids through college. Oh my God, she's like Dolly Parton. She didn't have any kids of her own. Um, She like lived for a while with her sister and helped raise her to like, I think she had a niece and a nephew, but she didn't have her own kids. She was making her own money. So she was just like taking care of her neighbors. She's like the you. Yeah. I, she's but way Amanda. better. Way better. I she's goals. <laughs> so she was also unassuming as hell, which I have not achieved. Not Amanda. No. no. She was on the I matronly take, I side. Take that back. Yeah, I gotta remove my wig. She was on the matronly side and she could always like she wore her little floral apron every single day. She like oh literally God. wore a bonnet. So though she smuggled and sold moonshine well into her 90s, (laughs) she never, uh, yeah, this woman is a legend. She never once took a sip, which is honestly a big reason why she was so successful. She was never getting high on her own supply. I was just going to say, don't get high on your own supply. So she got into the business to help her family survive financially because her her parents had fallen on really hard times. Obviously, this is like some depression era shit. She uh, brewed in her own home and would sell out of the back of the house with folks driving up to have crates of the stuff hidden in their cars. And Maggie operated on a set of moral guidelines that included never selling to children. 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 And never selling to folks who appeared addicted to the stuff. So drunkards, as she referred or to them at the time. Or mm-hmm. big six. Never sell to big six. Well, you can never tell. <laughs> never trust a big six with a splash of Kentucky cologne. So she kept a low profile and studied the laws hard in order to operate around them. She knew every detail of the Fourth Amendment and how search and seizure worked. Mm-hmm. And for those of us like me who couldn't remember quite what the Fourth Amendment was, 
It states, quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Oh, yeah. Show me that warrant. Get it. So, being a woman. <laughs> Kenyon's drug. I running, waste it. Yep. <laughs> and running this operation directly out of her home, she skirted scrutiny and was able to brush off activity at her house. As Wait, part of her she skirted scrutiny? She was wearing a skirt. She skirted scrutiny. <laughs> and she was able to brush off activity at her house as part of her philanthropic nature. <laughs> skirted scrutiny. Scrutiny. Scrutiny be damned. It's the moonshine episode. I don't know what you people expected. We're drunk. So she's like, so-and-so is getting groceries or bread. How dare you question me? I'm a pillar of the community. (laughs) She was convicted and fined for moonshining once in the 70 plus years that she ran this gig oh out of her house. Oh my God, she was good. Yeah. You gotta be and smart the about whole, it. And the whole town knew what she was doing. They never ratted her out. No. After her death at 101 years of age <laughs> in 2005. You are d- oh! Yeah, recent what? death. I'm exhausted even I love her thinking about so that. So much. You're <laughs> descended from this She's woman. She's my grandma. If my grandma had been this cool, holy shit. I mean, grandma was cool, but not this cool. How old was Helen? 103, 102 when she died. So pretty Jesus good. Jesus Christ. So her longtime friend, lawyer, and confidant, Otis Doan, Rudy spoke Giuliani. to NPR about her life. Orly Goral. Orly Laurel. Orly Laurel. He said, quote, I've represented her in several cases. She was prosecuted once. Maggie was convicted, which I didn't represent her. So he wanted to make it very clear that he wasn't her lawyer that time. (laughs) It was in the 40s. She served about 18 months in federal prison for moonshine. And then after that, she was never convicted again. So she did serve time in in prison, but she learned her... Well, she didn't learn her lesson, but she, she learned. She did not. She, she, she learned. She moonshined learned. until she was like 94. In the, in the eyes of the law, she learned she her learned lesson. Her le- they just but left her reality, alone. Uh-uh. No, everybody Minor knew she In reality, back. it was lessons learned. Exactly. <laughs> so that is amazing. Another legend is Moonshine Mary of LaGrange Park, Illinois, mm. who, however, did not have such a smooth career in the legal booze business. Yeah, it's because she didn't distill her career. Distill the secrets of the first one. I forgot her name. Also Mary, I think. Maggie. (laughs) Maggie. Maggie. I think. A lot of Marys and Maggies. (laughs) I am drinking moonshine and Maggie Bailey, right? Bailey. Yes, Maggie Bailey. Who cares? So Mary, Mary now, Mary Wozniak was a Polish immigrant making her living as a speakeasy operator in 1923. God bless. She ran the operation from her home, and one night she served a man named George Rutan. He enjoyed his moonshine that evening and paid his tab, but he didn't get far before dropping dead in the street out front of her house. (laughs) Oh, no. Happened real quick. It escalated quickly. Just sweep him over across the street to, like, the cobbler's (laughs) The neighbor's house. Just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Karen, you've got, there's something going on out front. (laughs) I didn't see anything, though. 
I think this man dropped dead while he was trying to buy shoes. Out of your shop. This guy just died. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery. (laughs) But alas, it was not a mystery. An autopsy concluded that the cause of death was methanol poisoning, which we know is a risk of drinking homemade alcohol. (laughs) With him dying literally in front of Moonshine Mary's home, the finger was immediately pointed at her. And being a woman was not enough of a shield in this situation. Mm, Mary was bad. arrested. Yep. Mary was arrested, charged, and convicted of manslaughter, earning her the title of first woman to be sentenced under Illinois law for selling poison liquor. Mm, ooh, manslaughter. She was sentenced one year to life. Big range. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big, big. Big range. Huge. Big <laughs> Between range. Between one year to, to life. life. And I have... No clue how long she served because there's very little about her in the news. Mm -hmm. Um, She was 34 years old and a mom at the time of her sentencing. And I actually have mixed feelings on this because obviously she made the boo. She served it to him and he died. So like manslaughter does make sense as a charge. It was an accidental killing. But I think the ones truly responsible for George's passing are like the government who clung to prohibition, even though it created more unregulated and dangerous substances mm-hmm, and thus more crime. We keep hearing about abortion bans. It's not going to stop abortion, but it will stop safe abortion. Yeah, it'll, sure increase, won't. it'll increase unsafe abortion. Exactly. So prohibition is not usually the answer, folks. Mm-hmm. This next moonshine slinging woman was a groundbreaking woman. Bertie Brown was a black woman who lived on a quiet and cozy homestead all alone with her cat in Montana. Oh goals. my God, give this woman a ne- Netflix show. <laughs> Heaven on goals. Earth. So this is from the Great Falls Tribune. Quote, she was as nice a woman as they come and her still, according to locals, produced some of the best moonshine in the country. Birdie was among a small number of African-American women who homesteaded alone in Montana. She was in her 20s when she settled in the Lewiston area in 1898. Dang. That's fucking badass. I know. She later homesteaded along Brickyard Creek in 1913. So she had multiple properties. God bless her. Amazing. She went mostly undetected as a moonshiner for years as she ran her underground operation behind the front of a neighborhood laundry. Mm -hmm. And the chemicals needed for like archaic dry cleaning and laundering garments were like a pretty good cover for the moonshine batches that she was making. And her little everything is toxic. Yep. And her little homestead speakeasy became a favorite spot for the locals. Dry cleaning chemicals actually freak me the fuck out. I mean, I like still do some dry cleaning, but like one, it's super expensive and like Mm -hmm. who really cares? And like two, what are they using? It's scary. I don't buy things that need to be dry cleaned. What? Uh -uh. I don't like having to take my laundry somewhere. So I don't like to buy clothes that need to be dry cleaned. Yeah, they freak me out. Dry cleaning chemicals, like you've researched them, like they freak you out. Yeah. Is it not just like pretty standard laundry chemicals? No, I think it's crazy shit. And do you remember my fucking wedding dress? Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, for them to get all that I out, remember spilling a sorcery. full glass of red wine onto it. Uh, You're, that thing looks like... many. People <laughs> spilled bottles of red it wine It looked like it had been dress. dragged behind a tractor for miles. <laughs> it was a crime scene. <laughs> it, was. it was. my. So I had a two-parter. I had a gold sequin top, very cute. And then I had like a white... A 
Big old skirt. Silk. Mm, big like a old full skirt. raw silk it skirt. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It was really pretty. It had pockets. No big deal. And it, I mean, we had a raucous dance floor, whatever. Oh, yeah. And yeah, people yeah, were is. spilling whatever while we danced. I didn't give a shit. Whatever. I Red wine joke. won't be allowed at my wedding. Oh, I just did LOL. not care at all. <laughs> people spilled, literally people spilled like, Mm-hmm. A bottle of red wine. It was bad. So many people broke, like dropped and broke glasses that they were holding. There's on was probably Jewish blood on your dress. That I, <laughs> I convinced the wait staff because people people were just getting drunk and like throwing glasses on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I tipped I really that. well. I told the wait staff that it was a Jewish custom because I saw them getting really pissed. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know that Jewish people do live in South Africa and someone probably figured out that no, that was not. Literally super, nobody they figured They super it out. did not because okay, when we were like planning our chuppah, they were like, how about this beautiful arch with a cross on top? And we were like, no. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> Now we're going to do it. Can't, can't reuse that. But that also gave us the room to convince sure. the, the staff the night of that it was completely acceptable Trickery. to just smash every piece of glassware in sight. Long story short, Long dry story cleaning short, chemicals are We paid bonkers. for all the glassware that was broken and we tipped super well and... My dress was filthy and covered in mud and red wine and somehow dry cleaning Fully made recovered. it pristine. And that is scary. It is scary. <laughs> so Did uh, you keep it? Did you sell yeah, it? Yeah, I still have. No, I still have it. Oh my Go God. put it on while I finish this up. It's so uh, it So one fit. evening while she was tending to some dry cleaning, Kenyon's gown, and checking on her roiling batch of hooch, she made a tra- met a tragic fate. Oh, no. At the time, apparently gasoline was used as one of the chemicals for dry cleaning, maybe for some kind of machinery. I don't know. What the fuck? But in the handling of these chemicals, an explosion occurred, and this explosion would kill Birdie, but not immediately. She passed after several hours and was sure to leave meticulous instructions to care for her cat. Oh my God, no, that would be Lucy. Birdie. She basically like wrote a will for this cat. In the final minutes of her, of her life. Like, hours of oh, her life, but yes. No. Unfortunately, the cat who was so closely bonded to Birdie was never found, though many have claimed to see the silhouette of the little black cat in the windows of the still-standing ruins of Birdie's home. She died and then the cat disappeared? Mm-hmm. So the, the cat-, cat ran away or oh. died in the fire, but I'm choosing to believe the cat ran away. Whoa. No, yeah. I'm choosing to believe it died in the fire. <laughs> I don't want that. I want the cat to have run off and like it died of old bound. age. It was comfortably not burned to, to death. To me, a lost pet is worse than a dead pet. Cats are so self-sufficient and she was homesteading in Montana. That was definitely an indoor outdoor cat. That cat mm. would have been totally fine mm. on its own. Yeah, it I had a whole for second life. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd rather it and, be dead. I'm going to, Jesus Christ, I'm going to round this out <laughs> with a story out of my favorite state, New Jersey. So the majority of this is from an article printed in 1896. What? Yeah. Thank was you, newspapers.com. New it was pretty new. Newspapers.com. Pretty new. Um, obviously, this is pre-prohibition, but 
you still can't make your own fucking booze. So um, this is a story about Nancy the Moonshiner. Yes. Quote, <laughs> 10 years ago, the suspicion of government officials was aroused by rumors to the effect that somebody in Warren County was doing a moonshine business on a wholesale scale. For several weeks, they hunted the ground over without running down their game, and finally they were convinced that the still was not far away. Suspicion was finally fixed on a woman known as Crazy Nancy, <laughs> who lived... <laughs> she dyed her hair with blueberries. Oh! Crazy, Crazy Nancy. Nancy. Who lived among the hills <laughs> that lie along the Lake Pequest River. Mm. Nancy was a mystery <laughs> to everybody in the district. Nobody seemed to know where she came from, and they had no knowledge of her real name, so they fucking it's called crazy her Crazy Nancy. Nancy. My hair is real pieces of shit. Yeah. Crazy My Nancy. biblical name Wait, that is wasn't crazy even her Nancy. first name. Crazy Nancy? is my Christian name, and I think Nancy her na- is my surname. <laughs> yeah. Her name was likely Nancy, but they didn't know, like, any of her other names. Oh, no. Okay, this is the best part. She was a simple acting creature (laughs) coming to the various towns in the eastern and southern part of Warren County frequently. In the summer, she sold berries. And in the winter, she trapped and shot fur animals and all sorts of game that was marketable. She always had money in plenty. And what seemed very strange was the fact that while the woman appeared to be eccentric and of a lightweight mentally... She could drive a bargain with all the shrewdness of a trained financier. So basically, she was like a chill lady, but... Doing her own thing. Doing her own own thing and could make make money. And maybe she sold some fucking roadkill. Who cares? (laughs) So (laughs) What's a lightweight mentally? She was of a lightweight mentally. She had a little screw loose. I don't like that. It's New Jersey in 1896. Give her a goddamn break. She's making her own way. (laughs) The traffic was horrible. What are you going to do? Crazy Nancy. Maybe she sold some some roadkill. What are you going to (laughs) do? Leave her alone. Oh, my God. Poor thing. I love Nancy. So detectives were watching Nancy, and she had a habit of disappearing for about six weeks each winter, and nobody, they watched her for like four years. Nobody had a clue where she went. But before <laughs> Just follow the, her. Right? I know. It can't be that hard. It's, it's not that hard. <laughs> but before that mysterious window of time, there were like, so leading up to the winter months when like the apples in nearby farms were in full crop bloom. Um, like, mysteriously, <laughs> some guy was stealing apples ripe. from his farms. Ripe. There it is. That's the ripe. word I was looking for. Fucking ripe. So they're the like, God damn it, we're watching Nancy, blue. but there's this dude stealing apples. What is going on? Why do we have so much going on in Warren County? But why are there so turns, many apples? God, why are there so many apples? She's selling roadkill. She's, this guy's stealing apples. I don't know what's going on here. So they figure out that it was actually Nancy in drag posing as a man stealing the apples and then taking them back to her house. So she was sneaking on a neighboring Nancy! farms. Yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> she crazy is Nancy. The best. <laughs> she's stealing apples from their orchards and she's taking it back home to make her own underground version of a drink called Jersey Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Like literally, it's also Jersey called Applejack. Lightning. It's a distilled apple cider hooch yeah. that is still famous to this day and may have been the inspiration for Fireball. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 Not no joke. You win. Jersey Lightning and like the only thing that could be is Fireball. Oh, it's Fireball. And you know <laughs> how much Fireball we drink when we go to the shore because you oh, you've been yeah, there. I've been there. You've been I've there. done the shore you with you, it. girl. I know. So oh, after no. years of tailing her and not compiling ample evidence, a detective decides, I know what I'll do. I'm going to sneak <laughs> into your home and hide out here for hours watching you. Not okay. Well, that's so not illegal. That's what he Well, it's 1896. I don't think that really matters. Jesus. So he watched her until he eventually observed her entering a hidden door, going down a long hand-dug tunnel to a secret <laughs> lab dug into a hillside <laughs> next to her house. <laughs> <gasps> and this is where she concocted her illegal hooch. I love Crazy, crazy Nancy. Nancy. I'm so, a big fan. Hu- huge fan. Huge. So once again from this incredible huge. article. Quote, hold up your hands. The woman swung around like a flash <laughs> and instantly blew out the candle. She was holding a candle to get no, to her secret workshop. I won't. It's scented. Finch, the detective. This is sugared birch. It's from <laughs> it's from Joanna Gaines. It's I this can't is blow sugared it out. Birch. It has a 24-hour burn time. I'm testing it. I can't blow it out. But you're supposed to burn it for at least four hours the first to get time the aroma. you light it for an even <laughs> melt. You fucking idiot. Okay, well, that's not how this conversation went. Bitch. Not how this conversation went. (laughs) So Finch is the detective. Detective Finch. She's the one hiding in her fucking house. Pulls his gun and pulls the trigger. But the bullet must have failed to reach the mark. For the next instant, the detective was felled by a blow in the face from a stool. And before he could pull himself together, the door was thrown open and Nancy was gone into the night. Oh, Get it, girl. Next day, the premises were searched and stowed away in jugs and holes under the floor. (laughs) And in the cavern in the hillside were found about 500 gallons of Applejack. You know what? Fireball, not the worst. And I want to taste Applejack. I want some Applejack. Okay, but to put this in perspective, this bitch had 500 gallons in her, like, basement Mm -hmm. and fucking six foot stanley or whatever his name was (laughs) could barely (laughs) confiscate 400 gallons out of all of like three kentucky (laughs) towns even like 300 he had fucking nothing on crazy nancy yeah it was a different generation but yes he had nothing on nancy five hundred gallons gallons. in 1896 Mm. So Nancy disappeared from Warren County and no clue to her identity was ever discovered. Her method of getting the Applejack to market was supposed to be by concealing the jugs in barrels of chestnuts, walnuts, and hides, which she had hauled to the railroad and shipped to Philadelphia and New York. 
<laughs> During those weeks that she was mysteriously absent, those like six-week chunks in the winter, mm-hmm. she was most likely selling the product of her illicit still. Big God six bless crazy Nancy. You are yep. my new patron saint. She's amazing. And that's yeah. all I got, folks. I just really wanted to talk about some love badass it. women today. Bravo. Crazy Nancy. I Special love thanks it. this week to Crazy Nancy and to oh. all of you listeners for sticking with us through and 200. Little moonshine cans. Oh, yeah. Moonshine, moonshine. moonshine. But also, you listeners, sticking with us through 200 regular episodes. 100 episodes. What's wrong with you? Balls. (laughs) What what is wrong with you? Great balls of fireballs. Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, are you okay? Check in with yourselves. If you want to see a video episode of this or other regular episodes, check out our Patreon. You can get all that bonus content from $1 a month on up. Get it all. And uh, we love you so much. I'm going to go look for Crazy Nancy. And we will see you in 2021 because we Mm -hmm. are not releasing an episode next week, right? Yep. But we do have GAC coming out. I think we have a GAC coming out. We have a GAC coming out. But in terms of regular episodes, we'll see you in what is hopefully a brighter time. Brighter new year. We're going to take a little holiday break from the the regular episodes. And we'll see you in January. See you then. We love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.